Oh, well, anything, anything it does in the way of helping the local people get employment. That's Earl from Greenvale outside the Three Rivers Hotel Bar. He's one of just 70 people in the central north Queensland town, 250 kilometres west of Townsville. About 100 k's further inland is a much smaller town, Kidston, and Earl hopes the construction of a large-scale solar farm there will get the area going again. There's people with trucks here that haven't worked for three or four years. There's, there's people that haven't worked in... Um, any of that sort of thing for five years or six years. We need, we need to have some industry up here. We need to have something done, and this is, this is the start of it, I hope. I'm Courtney Carthy, and this is Rewired. The Australian Renewable Energy Agency, also known as ARENA on behalf of the Australian government, announced over $90 million in funding for 12 large-scale solar projects following a competitive funding round. Large-scale solar farms in Australia are those over 5 megawatts. They don't happen quickly. Sods weren't turned until months after the announcement. There's years of work before you buy a shovel and hold a ceremony. My name's Tim Couchman. I'm a client manager here at Arena. We look after contracted projects where our board has approved them. We have a funding agreement in place and money going out the door. We look after the funds from the Arena side to uh, ensure the projects get built. We troubleshoot issues as they come up, work with the proponent to make sure things go smoothly and generally do what we can to get the best value for money for the taxpayer. You can look at these solar farms in terms of long-term development. It's almost like... Uh, uh, planning your own wedding. You might have the day itself is the end point, which in the case of solar will be starting construction and getting the thing built. But there's a lot of work that has to go in before that day can happen. In this series, we're going to visit preparations for the ceremony, solar farms under construction, generating jobs, improving roads. We'll talk to the people, businesses and communities getting the benefits from the quiet solar revolution, humbly growing renewable energy capacity across the country. Starting in Kidston, deep in Queensland's central north, we'll be travelling down into New South Wales before heading over to WA. Around Kidston is beef cattle country. 300 kilometres inland as the crow flies from Townsville, it's barely a dot on the map where a retired old open-cut gold mine rests and I meet John Lawler. Yeah, sorry I'm late. So I, um, I got stuck talking to Pauline at... Um uh, the Lind uh, at uh, the Oasis. We'll meet yeah. Pauline in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John's the project manager on site working for Gen X Power. Gen X is an Australian company developing innovative clean energy projects here in Kidston. Before we head to the construction site, John shows me the place. This is just a house that um, uh, Gen X has, has um, purchased, and before there was any other infrastructure here, it was just their, their home base. So, uh, me being. Um, uh, you know more to do with the construction I'll move up to the to the um, site facilities and it my rooms there that's where I live home sweet home is that um, the um, <laughs> the the two caravans with the roof yeah. strung between yeah, them that's it uh, um, this is actually Kidston if it was to be marked as a town on a map this is it yep <laughs> it's, and there's a tractor a car and a couple of buildings okay so a shirt yep sorry I'll put this down for the moment after I get a bit of safety kit on, we jump in the car and head towards the old mine. Prospectors found gold here in the late 1800s. The most recent incarnation of the mine site was from 1984 until only a couple of years ago. 
So but you can see, like, you'd hardly even know, like, a, a lot of the times driving through here, the, the rehabilitation's quite good and you'd hardly know you were driving through a, a mine site that had been operating for 30 odd years. And we're just driving through some cattle? Yep. Um, is this fairly standard? Uh, How no, many? Must no, be 25 cows no. around us. No, it shouldn't be. There's a, there's a hole in the fence. We should, should keep them off. Oh, <laughs> Cattle aside, we eventually find the mine. It does feel like we're sort of coming up to the crest of a, yeah. a pretty big view. I can see that. Thank goodness. Here we are. Um, so wow, this is incredible. surprises people is the scale of this place. A deep blue pool of water sharply cut into the flat country as if a 500 metre wide finger had pushed its way into the earth. From the surface, the water fills a hole 250 metres deep. You think, oh yeah, it's a, it's a hole in the ground, it's got some water and we're going to pump it up the hill. And, but it's, it's the scale of the pit that um, really bring home to people the, um, you know, just how big a project, how significant a project it is. Arena was there at the start to provide funding for stage one of the project, a 50 megawatt solar farm currently under construction. 50 megawatts of solar generations means power to the equivalent of more than 26,000 homes, offsetting 120,000 tonnes of carbon dioxide a year, similar to taking about 33,000 cars off our roads. And that's just stage one. Stage two is where the water sitting in the old gold mine becomes a power source with the potential to generate five times the large-scale solar farm under construction for stage one. Here's Tim Couchman again from Arena explaining how the hydro element of stage two in Kidston will work. In terms of the overall uh, concept that they have with a uh, pumped hydro facility with a co-located solar farm, I believe that is unique in a global sense. The, the overall project uh, that they are looking at there involves an initial stage of large-scale solar, also an expansion that they are thinking of down the track that would, that would enlarge the solar farm. And on top of that, you have the pumped hydro. So you could have a situation in the future where it acts as a giant battery, where you can use excess solar energy or solar energy uh, at the right time of day to charge the, the battery, so to speak, the pumped hydro setup. And then after dark, when the solar's not working, you can turn on the pumps and the uh, hydroelectric scheme would work to generate power into the evening peaks. Um, who gets to turn on the switch? I don't know. You're going to put your hand up for that? Uh, yeah, no, I think I'm far too junior to be given that honour. On the Kidston project, for stage one, $9 million from Arena was enough to get these renewable energy innovators going, less than 10% of the overall project. The $9 million was allocated in a competitive funding round from Arena, where 11 other large-scale solar projects were successful in receiving a share of about $90 million of public investment. This investment wasn't just money to be handed out. New solar farms were assessed to see how much of an extra push would get them under construction. It was enough to unlock a huge investment pool from other sources of over $1 billion to get the solar farms built and on their way to generating clean electricity for the national grid. When up and running, the solar farms will be helping Australia to reach the 23.5% renewable energy generation target by 2020. Collectively, they'll contribute a tenth of the energy needed for that target and solar is only getting cheaper. More immediately, the runoff benefits are felt by the local areas. Ali, a backpacker from St. Louis, Missouri, is working at the Lind Roadhouse. 
It's at the junction where you turn off the main highway to Kidston, one of those places that has a sign saying 240 kilometres until the next petrol station. Yeah, so I mean, mostly mostly cattle out here and cattle farming. Um, and then now it's everyone keeps talking about, oh, well, everyone's going to come out to work on the solar farm now. Um, so that seems to be the, the newest boom. Um, and then we'll get like a lot of, like construction workers and road workers come to stay for a few nights and then do work around the area. Yeah. Ali's boss has a little more history in the area, maybe three decades. I'm Pauline Roys and I'm at the Lynn Junction, um, the Oasis Roadhouse at the Lynn Junction, North Queensland. Pauline remembers the old gold mine site before Gen X took it over. It was a terrible, big, ugly um, site on the landscape up there. It's not used for anything else so to put that to use was a great thing as far as I can see yeah and and um, hopefully you know with that project going ahead we're hoping that it will improve the the roads out in this area. Uh, my name's Carly Roys and I'm Pauline's daughter. Great. Yeah. Carly, Pauline and I sit outside the Lind Roadhouse with Carly bouncing her newborn baby Charlotte on her knee. So do you work here as well? Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah, cool. oh, haven't for a little while now, but... <laughs> maternity leave conditions are yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yes. I just come and hover around and help out where I can, really. Yeah. Or stuck in the office most of the time now. One problem that keeps coming up is the irregular power supply. Blackouts are a common frustration here, but Carly is hopeful that the Kidston Solar Farm will make the local grid more secure and more reliable, ensuring the Lind Roadhouse fridges are always on and keeping the beer icy cold. We're having troubles at the moment out here with all our power surges and power outages and everything. That's got nothing to do with who were actually paying for the power. Like, it's really yeah. difficult to get anything done. So it's, yeah, it's, so it's, it'll be interesting to see how this solar farm really affects the bus, I think, anyway. Do you, do you ever speak to the cattle farmers? What do they say about the solar farm? Well, they think it's great. Yeah. As, as I said, any anything, um, any project that's happening out this way benefits us. Any other projects, really, you know, anything that's happening, mm. they, Bring people they appreciate, into the, yeah. Into the country, like into the Shire, and, you know, if, if you're bringing people, you're bringing money, you're bringing, you know, support, I suppose you can say, for the rural people. Otherwise, everything's spent down on the coast, because that's where the population is, so we sort of, yeah, we get left behind a fair bit out here, really. Yeah. So any any big projects like this that that they that they can bring out here, it's going to help us. Even you know just setting up this farm out here, we're gonna we're gonna see the benefit of that because they're bringing money. You know, young fellas coming back out to work. You know, they'll call in and get a six pack. You know, to take home and, and stuff like that. They yep. yeah, and they do that really fifty two times a year. Yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so no, it's really good. And the, the project over here is offering all the local farmers work in the um, project as well. So, you know, anyone that is a machinery operator and that sort of thing, they, they can all get work over here. So that's a really good thing for the locals. Even to get to stage one, workers on site, construction equipment rolling in and the local economy getting a bump from the activity, 
that can take years, as Tim Couchman said earlier. For these 12 large-scale solar projects, it's been time worked through in partnership with ARENA as a fledgling industry gets off the ground, but it's a bump in the timeline of how long the Kidston Solar Farm will appreciate a clear sunny day, much like the local wildlife. scratching on the roof, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I saw a snake coming up here. Um, it had a black head and a brown body. Yes. Do you know what that's, that's called? It's a black-headed python. They're quite uh, common in this area here and th they're good to have around the place they get rid of rodents and, and that sort of thing so and they're not they're not venomous they unless you interfere with them they stay away from you and and leave your line. So, yeah, oh, they're quite good to have around. Next episode, I'll be in Griffith, New South Wales. Like Kidston, it's getting a solar farm built, but instead of pythons, gold mines and eucalypts, it's citrus trees, grapevines and rice fields that make the most of the abundant sunlight. And we'll meet Gloria, along with her husband, John, and son, Clint. They own the land where the Griffith Solar Farm is about to be built. Yeah, a lot of people have asked me, we're growing hemp, you know, like um, controlled, you know, for the government or whatever it is. Yeah, no, a lot of people have asked us because they've seen the big fence go up, see? For more information on any projects funded by the Australian Renewable Energy Agency, go to their website, arena.gov.au. They're supporting renewable energy projects that are accelerating Australia's shift to a secure and reliable renewable energy future across the country. If you're listening to us via podcast app, please subscribe to automatically get new episodes straight to your feed and please leave a review. It helps others discover the podcast. I'm Courtney Carthy. Thank you so much for listening to Rewired and I'll talk to you from Griffith. <laughs>